The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome, one and all, to TGI Football on the SB Nation NFL show presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life is more fun when you are in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void or prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. As noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple devices, Spotify, etc etc you can also um watch us on the SB Nation nfl youtube channel and if you do you will see the bright shining beautiful faces of myself i'm Arjo cho from blog of the boys and he is himself steven serta from SB Nation's arrowhead pride steven uh when i said etc etc it reminded me of gene wilder's willy wonka at the end when he's reading through the contract to charlie and his grandpa yeah i, I haven't watched that one i watched the new one recently you've never uh, seen the original with gene wilder no I, i've seen the original i guess i meant to say i haven't watched it in a really long time okay. like it's probably been 20 plus years since i've actually sat down and watched that movie um is charlie in the chocolate factory was that johnny depp and is that the same story or is that a different similar story as far as you're concerned i th- i i thought that was a different story like i thought that was like like a different book or something in the series. I thought it existed in the like pantheon of like the Wonka verse. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. cause like maybe um, it's Charlie growing up as, and running the factory. I really don't know. I think I've only seen that one once and I don't really remember. I just remember thinking that it sucked. I, I don't remember anything about it other than Johnny Depp just being really weird. Okay. Well, um, I recently, you and I were talking about this, watched uh, the new one with Timothy. Help me out here. Chalamet. Chalamet, thank you. Um, and it sucked. I did not like that movie. Like, you could miss me with this, like, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth or throw you under the bus, but you were kind of hating on it, too. Like, miss me with this, like, it's a holiday fun movie. It was so boring. Yeah. I fell asleep. I thought it was okay. Um, but, yeah, it was billed as this, like, holiday classic. Like, this right. is the new thing you're going to watch on on Christmas with your family. And I watch it, and I will probably never watch it. Like it wasn't, it, it was kind of boring. Wasn't that interesting? I, I didn't really, it just didn't hit it for me. 
Stephen and I uh, are recording a 16-hour-long podcast after this one, where we're just going to discuss all the <laughs> films that were released in 2023. Uh, but as far as this one is concerned, we are going to, Stephen, not recover or review any sort of Thursday night football game, as there wasn't any or you know, weren't any on Thursday night. Uh, but we are going to preview all of the action to come in Week 18. We have made it to the regular season finale. It always gets here faster than you think it will. Yeah. Um it this this season especially maybe it's because the the Chiefs have been so frustrating this year that it's mm. just kind of flown by but it really feels like that this one has gone by really quick that we're already here in week 18 and trying to figure out who is even going to play this week who's got the matchups that matter and all of that stuff. It's been a really fast season with uh, a lot of weird things going on all year. Yeah, some things went chalk, some things went unpredictable. Um, some things feel really known, some things definitely unknown. Uh, we're of course gonna kind of try to put all of that in a little, you know, hour long box for you in this conversation. If it isn't obvious, there's no uh BLG on this episode, he hasn't just been silent this entire time. That would be kind of rare. What is your guess on how BLG will feel about the Wonka movie? I think he's gonna hate it too. Yeah, uh, he doesn't seem like he he enjoys like cheerful movies, and that's kind of what that's supposed to be. I feel like he's a, he's kind of guy that, like needs it needs it to make him a little sad or or something like that. Need needs it to make him feel something. Uh, he will um, let us know whether or not that's true next week when we uh, sit down and uh, preview the wild card round in the playoffs. But we have one week to go before we get there. Pick one, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, we also, of course, as we do every single week, Stephen, have a particular segment, which is what we're going to do right now. This is our pick three, brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Steven, last week I was the only person of our trio to hit on our same game parlay. We uh, addressed the Kansas City Chiefs-Cincinnati Bengals game. I went with the unique Chiefs would be the last team to score prop, and that worked out. Uh, But you and BLG both whiffed. Um, You believed in Travis Kelsey, which, goodness me, uh, has not been a a great line of thought on the football field this particular season. But off of it, I mean, business is booming, to say the least. Uh, This week, we're actually not going to do anything in the afternoon. We're heading to Sunday Night Football, which we'll discuss in detail in a little bit. Uh, But the Buffalo Bills, Stephen, are visiting the Miami Dolphins. It is for the AFC East, so there's a lot on the line, um, and we're going to put even more. Um, What is your leg of the parlay? Why are you picking it? What exactly do you believe in specifically? So... This game's obviously, and the reason we picked it is because it's the most consequential game of right. the weekend by far. Um, the Dolphins are locked into the playoffs, but they could still lose the division. If the Bills lose this one, they could just be totally eliminated from the playoffs, and we'll know if that scenario is unfolded by Sunday night. And so there, there's a lot on the line in this game, and that's why they made it the Sunday night football game in this one. And the Dolphins are really, really banged up right now. And they've got a bunch of question marks on the offensive side of the ball ahead of this game. So it, it'll be interesting to see what their final injury report is. That's something to keep a, a close eye on on Friday afternoon. Uh, but I chose Tyreek Hill, 100-plus alternate receiving yards this week. I just, For me, it feels like with Jalen Waddle, super questionable in this one, dealing with an injury, it seems like he might not. he's probably not going to go. Um, 
I, I just have to assume that the offense has to run through Tyree Kill. Raheem Mostert super questionable in this one. Devon Achan is questionable in this one. And I, I just feel like even though Tyree Kill is kind of fighting through injuries right now, the Dolphins don't stand a chance if Tyree Kill doesn't have a big game. So I, I am betting on Tyree Kill and what he has accomplished this season. And that's why I chose him to go over 100 yards in this one, even though the Bills secondary has actually been a, a little bit better lately compared to how they were playing uh, during the middle of the season. I think that's really well said. In a game where everything is on the line, it's smart to bet on the chalk things, right? Like it's smart to bet on the things that the teams are best at because they're going to do those things in the name of winning the game that has the most consequences than any game does this particular season. So uh, very smart um, kind of insight by you. By the way, um, all the best to Tyree Kill's family. Obviously, it was a stressful week uh, for him to say the least. Uh, what with the fire that obviously was reported all over the world. Um, to segue back to football, though it's difficult, um, I'm going with something like this is low hanging fruit. Like I'm, I'm taking the absolute lowest hanging fruit because we want to hit. Uh, this was a great season for us, and that we hit several same game parlays, and we want to end the regular season with a bang. Although we'll obviously keep doing it through the playoffs. Uh, that being said, do you know how many games in a row, Stephen, that Josh Allen has had a rushing touchdown? Uh, five. That it is exactly five. Wow, well done. He has had a rushing touchdown every game since um, you could call it Thanksgiving. They didn't play on Thanksgiving Day, but since the Sunday after Thanksgiving, obviously. Uh, do you know how many rushing touchdowns he's had in those five games? Uh, seven. Eight. He has had eight rushing touchdowns in the last five games, not really getting a lot of production through the air. Uh, he had two against Philly. He had one in the win at Kansas City where uh, Chiefs players whined and complained and really embarrassed themselves. I know that was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, he had another one uh, against the Dallas Cowboys, and he had two each against the Chargers and last week against the New England Patriots. I could totally see, again, in a tough it out, do everything you possibly can game. Josh Allen is going to be the superhero, try to be the superhero. Um, rushing touchdown feels super duper easy. So I'm going Josh Allen anytime touchdown at minus 135. I have the um, best odds uh, of all three of our props because uh, BLG is kind of in line with yours. I suppose they could work in a bit of a simpatico sort of manner. He is taking over one and a half passing touchdowns for Tua Tungavailoa at minus 115. Uh, maybe one of those touchdowns will be like a 90-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. And then, you know, we can all kind of benefit in that same capacity. So uh, over one and a half passing touchdowns for Tua, anytime touchdown for Josh Allen, and 100-plus alternate receiving yards for Tyreek Hill. The overall props on or the overall line on that, Stephen, is what? It is plus 445. Which means? Uh, I think if you bet $10, you would win like $45. What would you buy with $45 right now, this moment? You got 45 bucks to spend burning a hole in your pocket. Uh, I would go to the bookstore and see what I could accomplish with 45 bucks. Wow. Are you, um, is that like one of your resolutions? A lot of people do that. Like read books. Uh, no, I mean, it's something that I've done the last couple of years. I, I got really back into like comic books and graphic novels. So I, I read a lot of those now. I read probably like four to five of them a month and, I uh, for Christmas, I got Barnes and Noble gift cards and I just bought a stack of them. So I got a stack to burn through right now. I'm really excited about it. OK, well, rooting for you, Stephen, because um, I know you're going to place a bet on this parlay. And if you win the forty five dollars, um, I know you'll make good use of them at Barnes and Noble. All right. That was our pick three segment brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, 
you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, Stephen, the time has come to fly through all of Week 18. Every single game happening on Sunday. There's no Monday Night Football, obviously. There's no Thursday Night Football. So we have a lot to get to. It helps that we've, um, you know, it's just, just you and me. I mean, no BLG to slow us down, weigh us down. Uh, we each have a lock of the week, as Brandon does. He has submitted it. And we each have a zap. Um, kind of split in terms of who you want to zap. But if you don't want to hear me talk about a game, I don't want to hear you talk about a game. Well, we can utilize it. And, Stephen, in the name of speed and time and efficiency, um, I will let you have BLG zap. So you have two, and I have one. Is everybody kind of clear on the rules? Yes. Let's go. Okay. Let's start with Saturday because we have two Saturday games. The Pittsburgh Steelers are visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the lines this week are going to be funky, just so everybody is aware. Pittsburgh, three-point road favorite, Stephen, because it appears that the Ravens, who have clinched the number one seed in the AFC and obviously won the AFC North, uh, probably going to put Lamar Jackson on ice. Maybe Dalvin Cook gets a snap or two now that he's a member of the team as of Thursday. Uh, but the Ravens are, are punting this game in a lot of senses, whereas the Steelers need it to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Steelers, I guess, because even though it's Mason Rudolph, like he has actually been okay. Um, he has turned George Pickens into a monster the last couple of weeks, which it seems like it's taken two years for us to see some consistency out of George Pickens. But uh, it's been a nice late season surge, and you know I, I still think that this is. You know, Steelers Ravens rivalry, and this could still wind up being one of those just weird, uh, ugly AFC North games between these two teams. But at the end of the day, the Steelers are putting all their starters out there and they're going all out to win this game. And the Ravens are going to be playing backup. So it's it's a safe bet to make that the Steelers are going to win this game. But I do reserve the right to backtrack if it blows up in my face and this winds up being like a 12 to nine Ravens win or something. Yeah, I mean, I know that we kind of assume that all Steelers-Ravens games will be epic and fun and rough and tough, but like this was a curious game to put on Saturday afternoon all by itself as an island game. I feel like you could you can find other games that were maybe a little bit more competitive uh, just because the Ravens simply have nothing to play for. Like, I'd rather even watch, I don't know, say like the Bears at Lambeau, uh, just even though Chicago's eliminated. I think yeah. they'll be playing a little bit harder than Baltimore will this game. But nevertheless, um, that's where we're at. I'm going to take Pittsburgh as well. I, I agree. I just, you know, and I do think that this, um, that I'm not like throwing the game, but losing the game works out for Baltimore. You mentioned the chaos scenario, um, which I believe for Buffalo to miss the playoffs entirely involves a Steelers win, a Jaguars win, and a loss themselves. 
Um, and if you're Baltimore, who would you rather have in the playoffs, uh, Pittsburgh or, or Buffalo? I mean, right. Like, you know, so let, let Pittsburgh in. I know that that like could totally come back to bite you. Like watch Pittsburgh. Eliminate. I mean, they, they won't, but you get what I'm, you get what I'm saying. Like it, yeah. it is in Baltimore's complete and total self-interest to let Pittsburgh in over Buffalo and therefore to lose this game. It's and the Steelers did beat the Ravens earlier this year, but again, that was like a, just another one of these weird AFC North mm-hmm. matchups where the Ravens just couldn't get anything going on offense in that game. Um, but yeah, I, if you're Baltimore, you would much rather see the Steelers in the playoffs because whether it's Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett or, or Mitch Trubisky, you're like, oh yeah, we can we can win that uh, that game at, at home against that team if if that's what it comes down to. So absolutely, get the get the Bills out of here if you can if you're Baltimore. All right, so we're both taking the Steelers. Next up, Saturday night football. Um, Effectively a playoff game. This was a good choice. The Houston Texans are visiting the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Houston, one-and-a-half-point favorite, Stephen, on the road in Indianapolis. The winner of this game, at the very least, secures a wild-card spot in the AFC playoff picture. But if Tennessee were to upset Jacksonville on Sunday, then the winner of this game would take the AFC South. It. It feels like it's something that we've been talking about on this show for months now, where every week it's like, how are the Colts not favorites in this one? Right. Like, why why do the Colts keep getting disrespected by the sports books? And I, I mean, if you look at their record, like and their their recent matchups, like it, it's because the Colts are a pretty inconsistent team. Like the one week they'll put up 35 points, and then the next week they can't move the ball to save their lives. And some of that's injuries like Michael Pittman's been banged up, but he should be good to go in this one. And I think that's why I, I'm going to go with the Colts here. Um, I, I like the Texans overall. I think it's probably better for the league if CJ Stroud gets into the postseason and and we get to see what he can do there as a rookie after he's had this phenomenal season and missed a couple of games because of a serious concussion, but returned last week. And I'd rather see CJ Stroud in the playoffs probably, but the Texans are really banged up, especially on the defensive side of the ball right now. And that was kind of an early season thing where CJ Stroud was playing out of his mind and carrying this offense and making plays week after week after week. But their defense was actually a lot more competent than you would believe just by looking at their personnel. And it hasn't been the case lately. Like they've been getting burned by a lot of opposing offenses. And and some of it is just because they're just so banged up on that side of the ball. So I, I think I like the Colts in this one, even though I'm probably rooting for the Texans more than Indianapolis. Um, so I was looking while you were speaking, totally listening, but um, I was going to make a, like a joke or a point about CJ Stroud's last game at Lucas Oil. But then I realized that, like, Michigan has dominated Ohio State, you know, in recent memory that he hasn't played in the Big Ten championship game or didn't play in the Big Ten championship game. Um, So, you know, that point is dead. Um, And I could have just let it be dead instead of explaining it. But, you know, this is where we're at. Um, I think this this is the like this is the the Spurs narratives game. Because uh, I'm taking Houston, for to be very clear. I think C.J. Stroud goes off in this game. And this this is the game that people point to um, in June or in August and are like, C.J. Stroud's going to enter the MVP conversation in 2024. That might be true. But I think this is a big time. It's Saturday night prime time to clinch a playoff spot. Um, this is a big moment for C.J. Stroud in my mind. Is this coach of the year bowl, do we think? Like, is this like winner takes coach of the year? Yeah, probably. Right? Uh, I- I I would think these got to be the two front runners. I don't have the odds in front of me, but that's who I would vote for if I had a decision in the matter. Uh, well, I can get the odds if you buy me a second. Say something clever and interesting. 
Um, I totally agree with you on CJ Stroud. <laughs> I think he could go off in this one. And that's what I'm rooting for. I just don't feel good about actually picking it. But if that's why what the scenario winds up being, I'd be very happy about that. Kevin Stefanski, the current favorite at DraftKings Sportsbook, minus 1,100. D'Amico is in second place in terms of odds. Where do you think D'Amico is at if Stefanski is at minus 1,100? Uh, I don't know, minus 500? It it really makes the fact that we caught this Coach of the Year Bowl pretty silly. Uh, D'Amico is plus 800. <laughs> and um, Shane Steichen really? is, is plus 950. I guess so, the Browns quarterback situation, but yeah. come on, they just got lucky with Joe Flacco. They they went out <laughs> of their way not to not to play, not to sign a guy like Joe Flacco for half the season. Um, I'm taking Houston. I thought about locking them up, but I've I've done that too many times this this season. I wanted to kind of mix it up a little bit, but um, I hope this is a really fun game. Also, like what an amazing print of events uh, relative to the the Week 18 game last year, where it was Davis Mills against the Colts at Lucas Oil, and Houston won that game. And to lose the number one overall pick, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, like complete and total chaos. What a horrible, embarrassing situation. Like, both franchises have really turned their fortunes around since then, which is cool to see as far as the NFL is concerned. Um, okay, let's go to Sunday now, Stephen. Uh, lots of noon games, but a lot of afternoon games. I don't know if you thought this was curious like I did, but um, let's start with the NFC South. The Buccaneers are four and a half point favorites in Carolina. Uh, where David Tepper has been fined $300,000 for throwing a drink in the face of a fan like a child with a win. The Bucks win the NFC South. Do you think they get it done? Yeah, I think they get it done. Uh, I mean, uh, the Panthers are that bad. And the, the Bucks, the Bucks are kind of one of the more frustrating teams because, like, we've seen them when they put it together. Like, we know they've got this uh, – veteran loaded defense and the offense has been at times really good this season with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Baker Mayfield. But then they have these dud games where they can't move the ball like they did against the saints and they, and they can't accomplish anything offensively. And they've been a really frustrating team to bet on because of that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it, it's the Panthers, the, the worst team in the NFL. The Bucks have to win this game to get into the playoffs. And I, I think that they do inevitably get it done. But also, like for, for Carolina, RJ, like everybody's saying like Ben Johnson's going to be the guy that they target as their head coach. If I'm Ben Johnson, I don't think there's any money in the world that would make me go to Carolina just based on what we've seen from David Tepper. Like, it's pretty clear that he's the worst owner in the NFL to work for right now. And if you don't win right away and show signs of improvement right away, then he'll just fire you again because he's got endless amounts of money. Ben Johnson, who has been, who was picky last year in the situations that he interviewed for, should absolutely not be interested in the Panthers whatsoever. So I would offer a, a slight modification of what you said, and I think he'll agree with me. Um, it's not that there isn't any money in the world. It's that the difference in money in what he's going to be offered elsewhere isn't enough to risk his future career, obviously, as a head coach in the NFL, right? Like, if, if we just make up, like, numbers, if it's an offer of, like, $8 million a year in Carolina versus, I don't know, like, $5 million a year with the Chargers, like, it's totally worth going with, like, $5 million a year is still life-changing, significant amounts of money to the point that you yeah. probably sign up for that opportunity. Uh, I agree. Um, I think this is probably the most exciting day for Panthers fans in a long time because it's like, thank God it's over. Like, we just don't have to hear from from you all for a little while. Like, we can let the dust settle. Um, and I think the Panthers really, really, really need that. 
Um, the Panthers had kind of become this interesting franchise throughout the Cam Newton era, but I do feel like they've really been relegated to like cellar dwellers now. Um, I'm fascinated to watch how their offseason unfolds. I'm fascinated to watch like how connected they are to free agents because who's like what players are going to want to play there? You know what I mean? Like it, there might be a situation where money matters a little bit more. But I mean, goodness gracious, what a dumpster fire. I don't totally believe in the Bucks right now. Uh, but I think walking into a situation where you get to play the Panthers is a, a nice kind of get right opportunity for them to clinch the NFC South. So I'll take Tampa Bay. Uh, we move on to Minnesota, Stephen. Uh, they are visiting the Detroit Lions. The Lions are three and a half point favorites. They are about as locked into the three seed as they can be. Um, if the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles both lose and the Detroit Lions win, then Detroit takes the two seed. Um, if the Cowboys lose and that's it. No, that's the only way they take the two seed. Sorry about that. But um, if not, they're going to be the three seed and host the six seed, which could be the Los Angeles Rams instead of Matthew Stafford's return. Yeah, I'm curious how you feel about this because the Lions are expected to play their starters. And if they play their starters, they should win this football game. Um, and obviously, like the two seed compared to the three seed now, like you don't get the buy anymore, but you still like if if there were to be a, a big upset in the playoffs and the 49ers get knocked off and you're the two seed, then all of a sudden you've got home field advantage. Like, I get all of that stuff. But it, at the end of the day, I don't think that it makes that big of a difference where the Lions should be playing all of their starters um, when you, you have an opportunity to kind of rest some guys here. And I know the Vikings are going back to Nick Mullins and, and they're still technically alive, I think in the playoffs, like it, it's a huge long shot for the Vikings to make it, but I don't think they're totally eliminated. Like there's a scenario where they could still possibly get in uh, potentially in this one. Uh, so I, I think the Vikings are going to go all out to try to win this game. But if the lions are legitimately playing their starters and saying we're, we're playing for that two seed and then see how the rest of it falls, I, I'm still going to go with Detroit here, especially coming off of that, that rough, uh, referee influence loss against the Cowboys. I think the lions are, are going to step up in this one. So there are 19 possible permutations of seeds four through seven in the NFC. And only three of them feature the Vikings making it, to your point. Um, they all obviously require a Vikings win. Um, my thought on this, and I certainly don't mean to relitigate the end of the Cowboys-Lions game, which, as you can imagine, I've talked about a lot at this point. Um, but I find it fascinating that Dan Campbell is not catching really any heat for continuing to go for it. Um, decisions that carried negative win probability for the like decisions yeah. that literally arguably costed them a chance to win. Again, I'm not excusing the Brad Allen snafu by any stretch, but um, I wonder if there's a little bit of pressing involved by Detroit. Like Dan Campbell kind of seems like that person. Like he is kind of like a, like a raging bull where his greatest strength becomes his greatest weakness in, in certain moments like that. So yeah, like why would you, why would you play out? Like, I mean, we'll get to the Cowboys game, but like, does anybody think the Cowboys are going to lose this week? Like, why would you risk anything, especially when you have fought so hard to return to relevancy if you're the Detroit. You have a home playoff game coming up next week. Um, and again, I think it's in your best interest, kind of like we talked about with the Ravens. If you're the Lions, I think you'd much rather the Vikings get in than the Packers, right? Like you'd much yeah. rather Nick Mullins than Jordan Love be the person that maybe gets in. And even if that team got hot, you still like your odds better against them than anybody else. So, um, but I just can't pick the Minnesota. I'm sorry. Like as much as I think it, it is an incentive for Detroit. I think Detroit really wants to kind of enter this whole thing with some, some positive momentum. Um, so I'll take the lions to win, but I wouldn't be shocked if they lay down either. Yeah. 
I, I love Dan Campbell's aggressiveness and uh, we're just uh, all gas all the time. Like I, I love all of that stuff. Like Antonio Pierce has kind of been like that. That's kind of why I'm rooting for him to get the head coaching job with the Raiders. Like I, I love that mentality and I love sticking to it and not backing down from it. But I do think that sometimes Dan Campbell needs somebody who can talk to him and be like, Hey man, like these are the scenarios. These are the odds. Yeah, like, we, like, we got we got to chill because, especially because the Lions' offensive line, which is spectacular and one of the key components of all of their success this season, has been really banged up lately. Like they got a bunch of guys who are kind of who are fighting through injuries right now. They could really use some time off, Dan. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it, it actually benefits you that much to force those guys out there. I do think this could be like an ultimate like walk back post game press conference for Dan Campbell. Like maybe. Jared Goff and starters play like two series and everyone's like oh what happened to the like hype during the week and at the end of the game when he's talking he's like look we have to be prepared you know I mean like it's just I'm not saying he's a for show kind of person but I do think he's trying to you know play things as best as he can so uh sounds like we're both taking Detroit so good for us uh Steven Doug Peterson said as we've been recording that Trevor Lawrence will be questionable for Sunday's game in Tennessee where the Jaguars are three and a half point favorites Look, I would love to see the Texans win the AFC South. I really would not like to see the Colts do it just because I don't think that that would really yield anything interesting. Uh, but that being said, like, if there is one team capable of, like, providing some sort of upset here, is it not Mike Vrabel's Titans? Like, are they not the one team that could kind of throw a wrench into this whole kind of conversation? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's oh, well, and like, did you see the clip of Mike Vrabel this week, like talking to a reporter and he is like, we want a bleeping win. Like, yeah. that's what we're trying to do every week. I don't he care said the about the word bleeping, just to be very clear. Like, he literally said that. <laughs> yeah. <one. laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's the Titans are, are that team every year where you're like, yeah, you could see them getting blown out 28 to nothing or, or something. Or you could see them just have an absolutely massive upset and be like, where the hell did that come from? Like, and, and that's who the Titans have been under Mike Vrabel. And so you could totally see that. I just go back with Jacksonville, like, it just feels like they really mismanaged the Trevor Lawrence injuries and we're really forcing him out there to play when like, you're kind of like, yeah, I mean, maybe we need to just try to get it done with CJ Beathard for a couple of weeks and give Trevor some time to get healthy. And now you're in a situation where like Jacksonville could miss the playoffs if they lose this game. And so I have to imagine Trevor Lawrence is going to play in this one because now, all of a sudden, like, I, I know it, it would take a lot of things to happen for Jacksonville to totally miss the playoffs, but that's a possibility. Like, that's on the table. And so you can't allow that to happen. So I assume Trevor Lawrence is going to play in this game. Um, if not, it, I, it's just a huge, huge mismanagement. Uh, again, I, I don't know what Christian Kirk's status is. I know he's eligible to return this week and could wind up being available. Um, you know, so I, I think I'm going to pick Jacksonville. But man, for for a team that uh, I think it was going into that Ravens game, they only had they were like eight and three and it's just done nothing but go downhill since then. And, and they've really, really struggled down the stretch and the vibes are not good around Jacksonville ahead of the playoffs. So you're right. There are scenarios where the Jaguars can lose and still enter the playoffs as the seventh seed in the AFC. Uh, but there are only four of them. Um, so you certainly don't want to see that happening. But to kind of just you know, play hypotheticals. We both picked Pittsburgh, right? We both think the Steelers are winning against the Ravens because of the incentives in that particular game. Let's just say Houston wins. But even if Indianapolis wins, um, if Tennessee wins, that's it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's over. It's done with like, you're, you're not in. Um, I mean, that could, that would be, 
a disaster and it might kind of skate by or fly under the radar because you're the Jaguars. And I don't say that in any kind of mean way, uh, but you're right. Like I don't want to say if it were the Cowboys, but if, if Doug Peterson were mismanaging the Trevor Lawrence thing, even for like the chargers or whatever, like I do think it'd be much more under the microscope. And I think that that is, is evidence. Remember um, I heard Mark Sessler bring this up on around the NFL this week. Um, when, when Brandon Staley let Mike Williams play late last year and get hurt, nobody killed Brandon Staley, rightfully so. I mean, but like, this is, this is very strange, but I do think the line reflects that, that Lawrence is going to play, obviously, given that they're three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm tempted to take the Titans. Are you brave enough? I'm not, but if you can, yeah. I, no, I applaud you for it. I'm a coward. I'm sorry, but yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're both picking the Jaguars. Um, I'm going to zap you because I don't think we care about the Falcons in New Orleans. Actually, I can't zap you. Um, I unzap you. Um, Steven, uh, Falcons in New Orleans – Give us your thoughts that I definitely didn't know, um, which is yeah, why I'm I guess, <laughs> I guess this is my lock of the week. Um, <laughs> I don't feel good about this lock, and I'll, I'll be no, totally What do you locked. mean, I guess? Like, no, nobody forced you to lock them. Like, in fact, um, BLG tried to lock this, and you defended it. You so, said, no, that's my okay. lock. So Yeah, let me backtrack. So I feel good about the lock, okay. but it, it has – You're locking it, the Saints, to be clear. Yes, I am locking the New okay. Orleans Saints to win this one over the Atlanta Falcons, and – Really, there's not like a a ton of like thought and analysis put into this. It's more so I'm rooting for the Falcons to lose because I want them to fire Arthur Smith so they can get a real head coach in there and we can actually see what Drake London and Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts can do if they have a real head coach who's smart and knows how to utilize the talent that they have drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. Because we've seen that all of those guys are tremendously talented they have a bad head coach who refuses to utilize their talents. And so really that's just what I'm rooting for because I am a fan of good football and I am a fan of talented players getting the opportunities to shine. And that's what I want to see. I want to see Arthur Smith out in Atlanta. So I need the Falcons to lose this game. And I think the saints overall are just a better football team, even though, you know, Derek Carr can can give you a lot of duds and he's been wildly inconsistent this year, but he has been playing pretty well recently and the saints have been a little bit better recently. And you know, Chris Olave had a really quiet game last week. So I expect him to bounce back uh, in, in this one and the saints are still fighting for a playoff spot too. So they need some help, but it, it starts with winning this game. So I think the saints are going to be a safe pick here to, to cover and take down the Falcons. I mentioned there are 19 possible permutations in the NFC. Only one features the New Orleans Saints getting in as the seventh seed. Um, they, if the Bucks were to lose to the Panthers, which I think we think is pretty impossible, they could win. The winner of this game wins the NFC South. Um, but that being said, um, New Orleans would need to win, assuming Tampa wins, and for Chicago to upset Green Bay and for Arizona to upset Seattle. And if those things happen, they are the seventh seed. And I would love that as a Cowboys fan personally, but. I don't know that I see it happening. I do think this is the like mega consequence bowl. Um, like the loser of this game has some mega consequences. Like if it's Arthur Smith, if it's Dennis Allen, whoever. Um, I'm going to float this out there. Like I know people are, are floating out Russell Wilson Atlanta, which I feel like I, in fact, I don't even feel like I know I've done um, on the explanation NFL show for a few months. What about Russell Wilson quarterback in the Falcons in 2024 with Ben Johnson as the head coach and play caller? How do we feel? Not with good. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, B. John Robinson? Look, the Russell thing is temporary. I mean, the Russell thing is just to survive the 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 time being to you know tread water. Oh. It can't be Desmond Ritter. Yeah, no, no, it can't be. And I I would much prefer they you know go try to get Justin Fields or something like that. Um, 
Because I, I just think with with Russell right now, it's like, wh- where does that actually put you if you're Atlanta? Like, how how big of an upgrade is Russell Wilson over Desmond Ritter? Russell Wilson's better than Desmond Ritter. I, I think that's definitive. But Russell Wilson, the last couple of years, has just mm. been bad, and 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 has just not been uh, a very uh, good football player. And so, like, if you sign him instead of having Desmond Ritter, I just feel like you're the same like treading water team where you're going to be out of the mix for like a top quarterback in the draft. And then a couple of years down the line, you're going to be like, well, we wasted the rookie contracts of all of these star players. They're going to want to leave because we're obviously not putting them in the best situation to succeed. And now we still need a quarterback and now we're still rebuilding and we're six years down the line. Fine. Let me rephrase the Falcons trade for Justin Fields after they bring in Ben Johnson to be their head coach and play caller. Now, how do we feel? I feel great about that. I feel, I feel tremendous about that. It just looks right. Like I can close my eyes and see it. Like, and I, the version of this Falcons team that I see is the one with the white jerseys and the black pants. Like it, it you know what I'm saying? Like that feels really nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, but in order for us to reach that reality, they need to lose this game. So I'm not locking up the saints, but I'm with you. Um, okay. Now I'm really going to zap you uh, because the jets are in new England on Sunday. And the are two and a half point favorites. And this game stinks. Like who, who is interested in this game? Nobody. This game was built to be zapped. Um, I would, I will take the Patriots, I guess. I, I, I don't even know who's going to play in this game to be totally. I'm going to take the jets because it would be the most like appropriate way for this, like Belichick era to end, for, you know, with a loss against the jets. Like, and that would, that would be like the one like bit of solace that jets fans would have forever. You know what I mean? Like, like it's kind of pathetic that as Cowboys fans are like, we beat Tom Brady in his last game ever. You know what <laughs> I mean? But, um, this wouldn't be that, but it would be like, we beat Bill Belichick in his last game ever as the New England Patriots head coach. Um, so yeah, I'll take the Jets. So gross. Uh, the Browns, Stephen, are in Cincinnati in a truly meaningless game. Uh, Cincinnati seven point home favorites. The Browns really have nothing to play for except for positioning themselves in a health sense, uh, entering the playoffs. But the Bengals seem like the kind of team that wants to enter the offseason with some momentum because they are mathematically eliminated. Yeah, Brown's expected to sit a bunch of starters in this one. Um, and since he, I guess it's I, I think Zach Taylor deserves a lot of credit for what he did this season and sure. and for having them in contention for as long as he did with Jake Browning. And like, I, I know the Chiefs kind of took over in the second half of that game, but Jake Browning was giving the Chiefs a lot of problems last week in the first half. Like Jake Browning really put together a strong season and is going to wind up being a guy who sticks around the league for a long time just based off of what he's accomplished this year. So I think the Bengals are going to try to end on, on a good note, try to see if they can get a win and then hopefully get Joe Burrow healthy next year and have a strong off season and come back and see, see what happens with T Higgins this off season too. Uh, he's set to be a free agent. He could get franchise tag or work out a long-term deal, but uh, the Bengals have a lot of question marks going into next season. So I think they want to finish the year strong. Did you see the Jamar chase quote on Thursday? That was kind of swimming around the internet. I did not. Um, now I didn't listen, uh, but I saw the tweet with the, you know, kind of generalization of the quote. Uh, but so he allegedly, I guess, uh, said something along the lines of, he was asked about T Higgins returning and said like, well, it depends how much I take. Um, so like, I think, I mean, I feel like the Bengals have really earned a benefit of the doubt. Like it's been super interesting to see them kind of evolve as a franchise and go from like complete and total joke to like super stable and respectable. Um, but like they are an, an underdog to kind of watch for like, percolating drama this entire offseason like they, they could be a weirdly dramatic team with all the contractual things surrounding them this offseason and they still have a bad offensive line too that's true um 
I'm going to take the Bengals, even the cover, because again, I think this just means a little bit more to them. Um, also, we forgot to say at the very beginning, um, it's his fault for not being here, but BLG locked up the Bucks against the Panthers. So, um, yeah, just so we're on record. Uh, speaking of locks, uh, the final one, because you've already given yours, is mine. And I am locking up the Chicago Bears, Stephen, on the road at Lambeau Field, three-point dogs. I think the Bears are winning this game outright. I mean, I think the Bears, obviously, and so if I can get some points, by all means, but you and I have been suckers for Justin Field. Let's just admit it. All right, let's. right, we just sat here, actually, and got all excited about a hypothetical <laughs> involving him. Um, but DJ Moore's playing really well. Do you know where they rank in terms of weighted DVOA, which obviously, you know, applies uh, analysis to more recent weeks? Uh, I don't, but I know their defense has been tremendous over the back half of the season. So, again, like, if you look at, you know, season-long DVOA, you know, it's not going to be kind to the Bears because, you know, the early parts of things uh, yeah. were not great. But so from a weighted DVOA standpoint, and I'm verifying this right now, they rank, I think it's seventh, um, seventh. They rank seventh. The top seven teams, just to kind of give you some perspective, are the Ravens, Niners, Bills, Dolphins, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Bears. They rank ahead of the Lions, ahead of the Browns, ahead of the Jaguars, the Steelers, the Texans, the Eagles. I mean, like the Bengals, like they are playing some great football. The Packers, who they're playing in this game in terms of weighted DVOA, rank 20th. I mean, like, and would it not be like the final, like good vibes thing for them to go to Lambeau the way the Lions did last season and completely and totally draw those comparisons and knock the Packers out of the playoffs and, you know, totally light the flame of conversation between Justin Fields and Caleb Williams or whatever. Like this has Justin Fields, 470 total yards, five total touchdowns written all over. Yeah, um, it's uh... I expected more. I want to agree with you because I do believe in Justin Fields. And and even that being said, like I still think the Bears should take Caleb Williams. Um, because totally. Yeah. You can swapping out a rookie quarterback contract for a longer term rookie quarterback contract like that while you're still kind of trying to add pieces to the roster, I think is something that is really beneficial. Um, but I think it is really underrated how well Justin Fields has been playing recently uh, since he came back from that thumb injury. And he's been really consistent. And they finally started letting him use his legs. And we've seen him take a step as a passer, too. And he's been really good. And the Packers' defense is straight up bad. Like, they they give up yards to virtually everybody. They, they seem to give up, except for last week when the Vikings decided to play Jaron Hall for whatever reason when seemed like everyone in the world knew that was a bad decision and they should have just stuck with Nick Mullins. Uh, but uh, I, I do really like where the bears are, are at right now. And their defense, like I mentioned, is playing tremendous. The Packers are, are fighting for the playoff spot, but I, I just feel like these divisional games always play out weird. And it seems like the Packers and maybe it's just Aaron Rodgers uh, it, stuck in my head, but like it felt, it feels like the Packers always win these week 18 games. Like, like they lost they last year. What like, are you talking about always? They literally just lost the last one. But but it seems like over the course of history, like there you, you can bank on them winning these football games. But it, at the end of the day, I do think the Bears especially have been playing really good against NFC North opponents, and I really like where they're at. So I, I'm going to go with the Bears in this one too. I, I'm going to stick with your lock, and I, I'm going to buy into what you're selling. Um, maybe it's not as, you know, robust of a win as I'm sort of suggesting. Um, but yeah, like, I think this is like a, a, a Packers, I don't say reckoning because they have a lot of reasons to be excited about the future, but maybe it's like a matter of like, oh man, we don't only have to worry about the lions as far as like the immediate, 
you know, kind of moment. We have to worry about the Bears. Like this is this is the moment the Vikings become the worst team in the NFC North, especially if they move on from Kirk Cousins. Um, so yeah. Uh, good for me. Uh, let's move on, Stephen, to that's actually the first game that we discussed in the afternoon window. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in the afternoon window. Scott Hansen is going to have his work cut out for him, uh, to say the least. But next up for us, the Philadelphia Eagles are visiting the New York Giants and the Eagles are in a tough spot. Have you seen what Michael Lombardi tweeted out this morning? I have not. So, uh, it's two tweets that I would like to read. Uh, the first one says, this is what makes week 18 the most fascinating week of the season. How will seeding affect the playoffs? The Eagles are currently a five-point favorite to beat the Giants and have little hope of being the second seed once Dallas beats Washington. Now, he said five points. It's five and a half at the moment at DraftKings. But then he added, Philadelphia is smart enough to understand being healthy, and the fifth seed is a far better option than being the second seed and perhaps facing the Packers or Rams, both teams with offenses. Sounds like a little bit of coping in my mind. Uh, but it's fair to say that if you're an Eagles fan, like, look, there's no way the Cowboys are going to lose to the Commanders. They're double-digit point favorites. Like, why risk anything in this game? Yeah. Yeah, I had seen some reporting uh, this week, too. Like, the Eagles could be kind of scoreboard watching to right. kind of see how that game's unfolding and decide, like, you know, if it's in- into the second half, like, okay, it's time to pull the starters. Um, and so that's interesting, and I still think they could beat the Giants. Like, I mean, the Giants have... Kind of had some splash plays in recent weeks with Tyrod Taylor. And, but at the end of the day, like the Giants aren't a good football team. So you could still easily win this game, I think, with backups. Um, and, and I think it'll, it'll obviously be more competitive, but I think that's the right move if you're the Eagles. Like they've been banged up. They've had a rough second half of the year. Um, AJ Brown is making headlines right now for the wrong reasons because he, after having like one of the most insane runs that we've ever seen earlier this season uh, with like that 125 yard receiving streak, he's been insanely quiet over the back half of the season. Their offense just isn't working and they're struggling right now. And it feels like these guys could probably use a break where they kind of, they try to get healthy before the playoffs reset and, and figure out, figure things out and say like, this is what we have to do to go make a playoff run. So I'm going to go with the Eagles here. Um, Cause I still think they can win this game, but I do think that's the right call. I think they should absolutely be scoreboard watching and pull those guys. If it's unnecessary for them to be in the game against the giants. Yeah. I think if Dallas gets out to like a 14, nothing lead or something, if it's halftime and it's like 21 to three or something like that, I think you're right. I think you see everyone take their foot off the gas. Cause I also think what would be a terrible kind of entrance to the playoffs. So Philly's lost, I think four of their last five, um, if you play your starters and you're trying to win and you fail, right? Which feels possible at this point in time, at the very yeah. least. Um, and so that would be a really horrible way to kind of go about this. So um, I am going to take Philly because I, I just, you know, the Terod Taylor thing is fun. Um, I'm not willing to bet on it, though, is kind of where I'm at, you know. It's, Plus, well, and, I mean, them losing to the Cardinals last week and they just played the Giants two weeks ago. And that game was closer than it should have been. So like, to your point, it would be a total disaster if they leave the starters in and lose to the Giants. Um, it'd be really funny. Um, I would really appreciate it personally. But uh, okay, so we're both taking the Eagles in spite of all that? Yes. Okay. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are visiting the aforementioned Arizona Cardinals. And I don't think that we can like just hand this to the Seahawks. I mean, the Cardinals, look, I know everybody wants to focus on like Philly's implosion last week, but like Arizona, and we talked about this on Monday, like, or it was actually Tuesday, but like, I'm willing to buy stock in the 2024 Cardinals. Like I'm willing to buy stock in Kyler Murray's return and Jonathan Gannon. And especially if they're able to land Marvin Harrison Jr. or whatever the case may be, like 
I'm I'm a bit of a believer here. Um, and who says they can't, you know, at home beat the Seahawks and, and ride this positive wave into the offseason and knock the Seahawks out? Yeah. Um, Trey McBride is another player that looks like he is uh, a star. Yeah. Um, I dropped like, him in my dynasty league at the beginning of the season, and I'm really upset about it. Oh, that's tough. He's only a second year player. He gave I know, but like it, I was, it was, I was, I was in a bind and I needed something, and I was like, well, this is probably not going to work out. I made a mistake, and yeah, it's a tough scene for me. Yeah. Uh, that's rough because <laughs> he has looked like a superstar in the second half of the season. Um, the Seahawks are pretty disappointing, right? Like it felt like coming into this year, it was in the NFC West, it was the 49ers and then it was the Seahawks and they got off to a strong start too, where it felt like for half the season, we were getting on this show and saying like, we don't really know what to make of the Seahawks. Like they're not really playing that well, but they're winning games. And then that finally caught up to them and they, they came back down to earth and started losing those games that they were winning early in the season. And I don't think all of that's like on Gino. He's been banged up, but he's been up and down. I, I just think the Seahawks have been a, a much more inconsistent team where they want to lean on their defense, but their defense just isn't quite there yet. Talent wise. Like they've got some young playmakers that you like, but the, overall, like just roster wise, they're not quite where we thought they were going to be. So I could totally see, uh, the Cardinals like upsetting them in this one, but the Seahawks still have an outside chance to get in. So I think they're going to play everybody. I think they're going to go all out. So uh, I'm going to go with Seattle here, but I, I could totally see it playing out the the way you were talking about with the Cardinals, just pulling off another big upset to end the season on a high note. Call me a prisoner of the moment, but I'm going to take the Cardinals. Like I just do not like what the Seahawks have going on right now. Um, I I hate to say it, but like I think I I want to see somebody else there instead of Gino next year, like, especially with you know DK Metcalf and JSN, and you know it just feels like their it feels like their ceiling is limited with Gino, and I I'd say that not in a really disrespectful way or any kind of disrespectful way, but um, I'll take Arizona here. Let's do it. Why not? Let's be crazy. Um, so that's where we're at. Uh, let's move on. The Dallas Cowboys are visiting the Washington Commanders, the heaviest favorite of any team. Uh, in week 18 by more than twice the margin. I think the biggest favorite outside, or actually that's changed because um, I think Cincinnati's seven-point favorites, but Dallas favored by 13. Is that where we're at? 13? I thought, uh, yeah, 13. It was 13 and a half. It's kind of bounced around. Um, Washington has the second overall pick, which they clinch if they lose this game. So it's in everyone's best interest for the Cowboys to win. Dallas wins. They win the NFC East. They take the two seed in the conference. Just thinking back to like week seven when they were like Sam Howell's the franchise. <laughs> it's man, I, I don't think enough has been made of just how bad Sam Howell has been over the back half of the season. Like he has been one of the absolute worst quarterbacks in football, and it's really not close. Like he is he is in like Zach Wilson tier bad. That's how rough it's been for the commanders lately. Um I have to imagine we're going into an off season where everybody gets let go. Maybe Eric Bieniemy gets retained. I, I don't know. I, I know there's been a lot of speculation like Ron Rivera's out, but Bieniemy might might get to stick around. Like I just feel like it's really rare that things like that happen in the NFL, and I'd be really surprised, especially with a new owner, to not just want to totally tear it down and rebuild it all. But at the end of the day, like the Cowboys are playing for a lot. It's in the Commander's best interest to lose with the new owner too. I would be like, lose the game. Ron, like, and I know NFL coaches don't think that way. And Ron Rivera's like, I'm going to get fired anyway. So screw you. I'm going to go try to win the game. But the Cowboys are going to crush Sam Howell. He, he, he's been awful. The commanders just one of the absolute worst teams in the league. And the Cowboys are playing for a lot. So I'm going to go with Dallas. And I think they win pretty easily. 
So one of the staples at SB Nation that we all do is five questions with the opposing blog, obviously, whenever your team is playing that one. Um, the headline for that article at Blog of the Boys in our conversation with Hogshaven uh, was a quote of theirs that said, there is no appetite among the fan base or reportedly ownership for an upset win. Like, no, like there's not <laughs> even like a, like any fan that's like, oh, please go like wreck this for the Cowboys or whatever. Yeah. Um, plus, I don't know if you saw this, J.P. Finley. Uh, who covers the commanders for NBC up in the area, uh, tweeted out on Thursday, I get the vibe a lot of commanders veterans won't play this weekend. Um, so like no, like everyone is checked out. Like everyone is booking vacations and getting ready to clear out their lockers and things like that. And to your point, um, this is a big time situation for the Cowboys. Um, they would obviously have to win their wild card matchup. But if they did, they would, again, presuming they beat Washington, would be the two seed and therefore host the divisional round matchup. Do you know how many times since their 90s Super Bowl run, the Cowboys have hosted a division around playoff game. I know that every Kansas City fan thinks this is like super common, but do you know how many times the Cowboys have hosted a division around playoff game? Say once or twice, maybe? Twice. Um, the Giants game in 07 that was the upset loss, obviously, to the team that won the Super Bowl. And then the Aaron Rodgers, Jared Cook, third and 20, Mason Crosby game. Um, it's a really rare thing. I mean, obviously. And it assures them, like I said, of avoiding the 49ers until at the very least the NFC Championship game. And if you get you know, really lucky, maybe the Rams or somebody else finds a way to go beat them and you get to host that game. Uh, so this is one of the most important kind of moments in the 21st century for the Dallas Cowboys. I think, <laughs> I, I don't think that's dramatic to say, um, which is, and I think the line reflects that. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to lay the line or lay the points because I do think they get out to like a comfortable win. And hopefully in the fourth quarter, Dak gets to put on a, a cap and things like that. And they start celebrating the division championship. It's if they get up like 24 to nothing in the first half, like do they even play in the second half? Um, I think that like Dak, CD, Micah, rest but i think you probably want to play you know terrence Steele. you know like there's definitely and, and plus like you know i know you know this but like people act like oh just like rest all 22 starters like you know you can't yeah. do that you know what i mean yeah. um but I, I it would be great to get the run game going like things like that so i do think they start to kind of you know do what they can to accomplish certain goals and establish bits of momentum but um but yeah um let me take the cowboys so uh let's move on the denver broncos all right in las vegas and the Raiders are three-point favorites. I don't have a okay. passionate. Okay. Yeah, you, you can zap. zap <laughs> no, you have two zaps left. Um, okay. well, I'm, I will, zapping, I'm zapping you. I will take the Broncos, actually. I'm going to take the Raiders. Um, I, I think they're still playing for Antonio Pierce. So uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one. I know I've been zapped, but I, I'm taking the Broncos because it would be the most like Sean Payton thing ever to be like, but, you know, the moment I made the quarterback change, you know, we went undefeated. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> so um, that's where I'm at here. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams. This is also zappable. And it's, it's your choice, but uh, are visiting the 49ers. But there, there are some legit, I don't want to say consequences, but dominoes that can fall in this game. Um, so the Rams have announced that Carson Wentz will be being, playing quarterback for them on Sunday. And Sam Darnold will be playing for San Francisco. So, like, if you bought a ticket for this game you know, maybe rethink your life priorities a little bit here. Um, yeah. But the, the Niners have clinched the one seed. They have nothing to play for. And the Rams could fall to the seventh seed if they lose and Green Bay wins. Um, so, again, kind of a sliding doors moment as far as the NFC playoff picture is concerned. Yeah, I, 
I think it's safe to say that the Rams don't really care about it. Um, like they're just like, let's just get in and they're in and Stafford's sitting. And they made that very clear early in the week. Uh, Puka Nakua has got uh, a milestone that he could reach in this game. So he might be involved early just to see, see if he can get over the hump there. But other than that, I guess now I'm going to take the Rams, I guess, because I think the 40, I don't think the 49ers care about this game at all. And they're, they're totally checked out, rest up, get healthy and go on a playoff run. So I don't, I don't think this game matters to San Francisco whatsoever. The Rams are four point underdogs. I don't know if we said that for the podcast audience. Um, I'm going to take them too. Um, I mean, because it's also worth mentioning the Niners are also resting Christian McCaffrey. Um, the Niners have, have come way too close in years past and literally had their season in last season because of a major injury. Like they are way too smart to kind of play this anywhere near close. Um, so I think the Rams win this, but I think it's like 13 to 10. Like, I know, you know, it's not a big time game. By the way, on the subject of Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams, a congratulations to you because you had them both um, in a recent fantasy championship. So way to go, Steven. Killing it. Uh, well, I gave you an opportunity to shine and brag about yourself and you didn't even do it. Uh, the Chiefs, Stephen, are resting starters as well um, in their road trip to Los Angeles to face the Chargers. Um, the Chargers are three and a half point favorites, which ruins a streak, I would imagine, of like a million games in a row where the Chiefs have been favorite or favorite over the Chargers. But obviously, again, it reflects what Kansas City is doing. They are the three seed in the AFC. They cannot improve that position. They, it cannot be worsened. So it makes all the sense in the world for them to put things on ice into the wildcard round. Yeah, um, this is a total throwaway game. Uh, there's really nothing to watch in this one. The the only things that really matter for the Chiefs in this game, Travis Kelsey's thousand yard streak is in jeopardy if they decide not to play him. Which I think he's been limited in practice this week too, which is also concerning. But he's only 16 yards away, so I could see the Chiefs putting him in with Blaine Gabbard on the first series and just say we got two design looks to Kelsey, try to get him to 16 yards, pull him immediately. And then Chris Jones is a half a sack away from a $1.25 million bonus. Um, But he also hasn't practiced all week. Like he's dealing with a groin injury. So I don't know if I would imagine he wants to go because he wants to hit that contract incentive. But if he's legitimately banged up, he's not going to play like, the Chiefs aren't going to play anybody meaningful in this one. And I don't think the Chargers are going to play anybody meaningful in this one. Keenan Allen's certainly not going to play. Um, like it, it's just going to be an ugly game. But I also think that like the Chargers are getting that three and a half just because it's a home field game. But like that doesn't really matter. I'm going to pick the Chiefs in this one. I, I just don't think the Chargers like even after firing their head coach, there's been no like post head coach bump for the Chargers. They just want to get the season over with and get the hell to the offseason. I could totally see Blaine Gabbert having like a 273 yard game with three passing touchdowns type of performance. So they just crush the chargers again. And it's just like, man, like even when it isn't great for the chiefs, it's great. Like that's just life for them and life for the chargers. I'm with you. I'm going to take the chiefs, especially if I'm getting points. Um, This team, the chargers allows me the opportunity to ask who do you think is the first team to hire a new head coach in the off season? I know we'll have time to discuss that, but while we're here, Mm, I think it's probably the chargers. Right. That's my thought. I, too. I think they're that they, they they know they gotta go go out and get this thing figured out and get it right. Okay. Uh Sunday night football. The Buffalo Bills are in Miami. As we mentioned, it was our same game parlay. The Buffalo Bills, Steven, are two and a half point favorites on the road. No Bradley Chubb, no Xavier Howard. Um Kind of Mike McDaniel, like we talked about Brandon Staley last year, not really taking a lot of heat for leaving Bradley Chubb in the game at the end of that blowout loss to Baltimore. Um I don't know. Where are we going here? 
I'm going to go Buffalo. Um, and like, I generally root for chaos. So if Buffalo lost this game, the chaos that would ensue would be tremendous for the NFL. And that's always what I root for, for, um, for the most part, but it's just, you know, they, they've put together uh, enough for me to be pretty confident in them in this game. And yeah, at the end of the day, it just comes back to the dolphins injuries. They're so banged up right now. I already, during the pick three, I highlighted all the injuries that they have on offense ahead of this game. It seems like Raheem Mostert's super questionable, too. After missing last week, A-chan's been banged up and has pretty much not been practicing like in really limited uh, spots here and then still going. Uh, but he, we obviously know like the injury concerns with him. I just think Buffalo knows what's on the line. They, they know what they got to do. They've been on this run, and the Dolphins are so banged up on offense and on defense. It's just hard for me to pick Miami with any kind of confidence. So I'm going to go with the Bills. Yeah. Um, I don't even know that I want to pick Miami. Like, you know, there are times where, like, I'm not going to pick a team, but I'm like, I really wish I could pick them. Um, I kind of am worried that Miami's going to be a wild card exit. I'm, I'm just they kind of smell that way. It's um, there's just so many. And the defense over the second half of the season has actually been really strong. But now that there's so many injuries piling up to key players, it's just hard for you to envision their defense holding up in the playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, it just seems like they've lost steam um, as the season has gone along or kind of withered down the stretch here. Even, you know, when they beat the Cowboys, which is obviously, you know, like fresh in mind for me it didn't feel like they like overwhelmed them. You know, like it felt like defensively Vic Fangio just kind of was in his bag, but like the Dolphins offense wasn't there. Um, and so again, I'm not coping or anything like that, but I just kind of have expected more. Um, it, it, it feels like they peaked a little too early this season and that's kind of their lesson. To and I think some of it too was like record chasing with Tyreek Hill. Um, mm, MVP because chasing. Was- yeah. Well, and, and like there, there was a few weeks there where you could tell Tyreek Hill was playing through injuries. Like you, you'd see him just like make it, make a big play down the field, get up immediately, like limp to the sideline. Like he is fighting through it to try to catch this 2000 yard uh, streak, which like, that's amazing. It, it would have been amazing if he would have been able to accomplish that. But I think they probably could have managed some of their injuries better this season. Cause I totally agree with you. It feels like that they're, it just doesn't feel like they have the juice that they had early in the season. Uh, okay. That's that. That's Yahtzee. That's Dallas. That's whatever else. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Now's the last time to like fire off a take that you believe in to have it be proved right. That can't be hindsight. Um, let me think here. Uh, no, I got nothing. It's week 18. Um, Actually, like, I'm wondering, like, what's the shock? Like, what's what's the, like, Monday morning, whoa, we didn't see that coming? Because it feels like, you know, even these, like, surprise potential playoff teams, like, are all – everything's, like, fairly conceivable. And even, like, you know, if on Monday the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick, nobody's going to be like, what? You know, like, nobody's going to be shocked. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't know what the, like, the thing is we're not seeing. I don't know. I, I feel like it would just be, like, if Jacksonville misses the playoffs – possible um okay you want to get out of here yeah let's do it as we do give us one non-football thing you promised to do this weekend normally i ask to eat but like it can be anything it can be read a comic book it could be watch a movie it can be watch yeah. a show it can be work out it can be go for a walk whatever you want to do but uh, i'm i'm going to legoland on holy gr- in uh is there one in in your neck of the woods 
Yeah, there's one in Kansas City. Um, I'm taking my nephew to Legoland. We're going to do like the virtual reality thing and and play with Legos. So. I presume you've been before if it's in Kansas City. Is that a correct yeah, assertion? I have, I have been once before. So second time at uh, Legoland. We went to the one in uh, in San Diego over the summer and it was amazing um i like we went for my son uh but like i really <laughs> was the one who like spearheaded the whole experience super cool are you a lego masters fan the tv show uh no never seen it do you know what it is no have no idea it's a it's a reality show uh with teams that build lego things but like it's it's so much cool that it sounds will arnett hosts and he's really funny which i think you would yeah. agree with. um but the challenges are so interesting um, as an example, one time the challenge was a single Lego that was hanging from like a wire and they had to build something around it. Yeah. Like I would highly, I highly recommend watching Lego Masters. That highly. does I think sound you would cool. Really enjoy I, f- I feel like I would be really into building Legos, but they're so expensive. They're crazy. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not looking forward to when my son like actually is able to like comprehend what they are um, yeah. and then, and then you know, be able to ask for them because uh, that will you know be a hit to me. But um, but I'll enjoy the building process of them. And um, I actually shouted Lego out on uh, the NFC's mixtape. So we bought at Legoland um, a Christmas tree. It's like a Lego Christmas tree to build at Christmas time. And when I was doing it, I noticed some of the pieces were absent, like the, the, the directions called for. And I went to their website and kind of filled this thing out. And they sent them to me, like completely free of charge. Like, what a great, you know, company. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. So thank them for me when you're there. Um, and, <laughs> and enjoy your visit and consider watching Lego Masters. I will. I'll be, I'll put it on the list. Peace up. Hey, Tom.